The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. If you want the answers, you're in the right place at the right time. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies to help you gain control over your life with MS using only the best insights, advice, and research from top industry experts. Not only that, you'll learn MS-specific exercises and tips to stay consistent, motivated, and inspired. Ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to our Missing Link podcast. Today we have BA Link with us. And I personally feel like everyone knows you already, but some people might not. So I will give you a little introduction and we can get started. BA Link is the founder and inventor of the A Link or Walking Bike, which she refers to as a vehicle of change. B's reverse design practices and philosophy lead to the A Linker, which is not built for a body with a problem, but for who we are, active and engaged. With insane tenacity, commitment, and dedication, B has built her company into a movement of people showing up for each other. The A-Linker company is built to create access to health by building access to mobility and the community. So welcome, B. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Gretchen. Absolutely amazing to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I first heard of B. I I can't remember how many years ago it was now, but maybe four years ago, it was when I had a client who had multiple sclerosis coming to see me in the clinic and she had the A-linker. And for a while, she was just telling me about it and how awesome it was. But one day she actually brought it in and I still have videos of myself like playing around with it when she came for her PT session. And it just blew my mind. There's so many reasons why I love it and we'll get into those. But that was when I first had heard of you. And then we had emailed back and forth a bit then. So just Mm -hmm. a a really, really awesome product to help people in my case with MS, but also really any mobility get around it and be functional throughout our day. So before we get into all of that talk, I just wanted to ask you something I'm asking all of my guests. What is something that most people wouldn't know about you from the online world. You know, you're pretty active on YouTube. You have your monthly um, calls on Zoom, but what's something they might not know? Um, Well, there's a lot of things that people don't know because I lived not as, you know, a linear life, so to speak, Um, that I rode horses, that I was a competitive swimmer, that I played a duduk, that I played a bassoon, um, that I played in a, in a, in a, in a in a band in Amsterdam <laughs> back oh in the day. Oh my gosh! Um, what else? I, love that I lived in Afghanistan for three and a half years. Wow, I love that. I love that you have so many hobbies. I think that a lot of people get caught up just in the day to day life of work, and then I don't know, just the laundry and chores and all these things that hobbies sometimes are lost. And I think it's so cool that you prioritize living your life and not just work. I always, I always say like 
when people say, what do you do? And they said, I'm easily bored. <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> how I, how I um, um, summarize that. Plus, um, I, as a kid already, when people ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? I never understood that question. I was like, shouldn't that question be, who do you want to be? And I, I chose a long time ago to be a kind person. That's a bit of a complicated um, choice because being kind, really kind, is really hard work especially in a society that polarizes you so easily bored and i'm just i I don't have hobbies i don't have work i just do whatever i feel connected to and um feel that i'm in 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 my flow yeah that's so great so what I want to talk about on this episode, especially for the people who might not know this product, the A-Linker at all, or even just a little bit, maybe they've heard about it, but they don't know what it is. I first want to start with, how would you describe the A-Linker if you had to in like one or two sentences, like a, a very quick description, how would, what would you say? Um, I once had to do this for the AMI channel, which is for um, uh, visually impaired people. Um, it is a um, an overarching frame with the seating assembly on top of it um, that goes to the front to two wheels, 16 inch. So two larger wheels in the front, one small wheel, eight inch in the back. And with the steering to the two wheels. So in fact, you walk on wheels. When you sit on your linker, you're still standing up. Yes. So and then I... it's bright yellow. For the non-visually yes. impaired people. <laughs> yes. I, I personally, I love bright colors. So I'm a huge fan of, of the color of the A-Linker. So I love the A-Linker for many reasons. Uh, one, you just mentioned how you're still essentially standing, meaning you're at the same height as the other people around you, or, you know, the same height you would normally be if you were standing up. And I think that's so powerful because oftentimes if people aren't using a device like the A-Linker, they might be sitting on a rollator or sitting in a wheelchair. And those devices, they're great and they have their purpose, but they bring you down. So you're now looking up at people and having conversations and that gives such a different dynamic. So I personally love the height of it. Mm -hmm. There's um, a lot of sensitivities around around those things. And I am always very careful in how I talk about this because what you said, wheelchairs are awesome if you need them Mm -hmm. for sure. The problems is never with the people in wheelchairs. The problems is with the people that think they're invincible and they operate only at eye level Mm -hmm. and, um, and sort of are too uncomfortable to talk with people in wheelchairs. And so the, the, the problem of being dismissed or stigmatized is never with the people who use any kind of device. Absolutely. Um, so it's not to see that as a problem that I solved. I don't solve problems. The problem is that we live in a society that we think we're so untouchable and that disability doesn't happen to us and that we're so uncomfortable even talking about disability and death that we rather not show up for people with disabilities than addressing our own discomfort. Yes. And that's a bit weird because 20% of us is living with a disability, many of them invisible disabilities. And unless we drop dead immediately, (laughs) all of us will be faced with some kind of disability in our life. I mean, look at my glasses. You make them cool by 
whatever, but it's a disability. Without my glasses, I'm pretty blind. I can't see anything on screen or reading. So the linker and bringing you to eye level is kind of messing with the assumptions about disabilities. And that's exactly what it should do. Um, that people um, say like, well, you don't look disabled. It's like, what does it look to you? What, what do you think disabled look uh, looks like? And what does it say about your assumptions? It's not, it doesn't say anything about me using the linker, whether I do or do not have disabilities. Besides, how dare you ask me if I have disabilities or not? <laughs> like, we don't even know each other. What, what is that inappropriate question? And yes, if you're, yes. right, if you Go dare ahead. to be different, then people think they have the right to ask you all sorts of inappropriate questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Right. There's lots of questions like that, that and or just statements, you know, but you look fine or but you look great today. And yeah. there's so it's just always an assumption. And a lot of people feel like it's not overstepping, but it really is. It's it's a very oh, yeah. personal question and or personal assumptions to speak out loud. Mm-hmm. The same same with, you know. In anything that you look different, let's let's put it in a broad way. If you look different than a white, old, wealthy guy, <laughs> people feel that they can ask you questions. If you got a brown skin, oh, where are you from? If you're a gender weirdo like me, how do you do it with your partner in bed? Like they're very intimate, very inappropriate questions. Right. And you don't talk about those things unless you're in a in a good friendship. Mm-hmm. But the fact that people move or look differently exposes them to inappropriateness or stigmatizing from society. And that is something that only reflects back on the people who ask the questions, but that's not how it's being experienced. You get inappropriate questions. It's like I get every time when I go into a public washroom, I get comments, sir, you're in the wrong washroom, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what does that say about your assumptions? Right. People really need to ask themselves, like, who, who, who am I? How do I look at the world? Why do I think they're different just because we have a body with characteristics? And that's the other sensitivity about saying the Alinker is not designed for a body with a problem. I don't see body as a problem, but our whole society teaches us that we m- measure in the in the in the external um, characteristics of a body, so people with disabilities are treated as a body of with a problem, which we're not, obviously. Um, I mean, a body is just what we have. It's a logistical nightmare, anyway. You need to, you know, do your hair. <laughs> you need to to eat it. You need to go to the toilet. You need to wash it. You need to sleep. It's a logistical nightmare. So adding missing a leg or walking funky because of MS, adding that to the logistical nightmare, yes, you know, there's more to deal with, obviously, and especially pain is something else to add into the mix that is really uh, difficult. But it's not who we are. We are who we choose to be. And if I choose to be a kind person, then it doesn't matter what my body does. I can still be kind. I think this leads perfectly into your mission statement. I love 
I not only love the A-linker, but I love everything about you and your company because it's all about this. You know, it's not just that it's, hey, this is a walking bike for you, but it means that, you know, it can you know, it's really just changing so much about society and how we think, even though it's just, you know, just a walking bike, it stands for so much more than that. Can you share a little bit about your mission? Um, well, mission has this weird connotation, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I, I just do what I feel I should do. I'm just, um, what I said earlier, I just, I don't do anything without purpose because it doesn't make sense to do that. I'm too, lazy as well to do things that don't make sense i only want to do things that um that are aligned with with my practices of being kind and that um and and for that reason have purpose right um and it's never outside of me you you hear especially in this time you hear a lot about like oh i want to change the world i was like i don't believe in that i believe in that who i choose to be and put that in all my practices, I can build something that is attractive. So people are attracted to it. I don't believe in going up against systems. But again, our whole society, every business plan starts with like, what's the problem that you're solving? It's like, I don't have a problem. I do think that, you know, in in, in nature, there's no waste. So the moment you have waste, you know, you got a design problem. You're not going to focus on the waste. That's just dumb. Everything regenerates. And so if we have waste, say, isolated people, for example, that's, that's, that's a problem that becomes a problem. You don't focus on that problem. You go to, what do we do in our society that we create so many isolated people? And so I'm always looking at a sort of systemic level at things because it doesn't make sense that we focus on problems. Plastic right. in the ocean is not a problem. I mean, it's problematic for the, the consequences, obviously, but it's not the problem to fix. Leaving Afghanistan in a way that we did was not a problem to fix. Now, everybody wants to donate money to Afghanistan. It's not a problem to fix. The whole industry, mm-hmm. the whole war industry created that problem. And it's just an accumulation of bad decisions because they were never meant for people. Right. So tell us a bit about what does reverse design mean <laughs> and, and how does that apply to the A-linker? Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the right term. I just started calling it that way because <laughs> I always look at it from the other side, which is like reverse your, it's not really reverse. It's more like. It comes down to what my grandma taught me. My grandma always said, if you see a problem, just walk around it, go to the other side and look at it again. Maybe you see something else, which in fact teaches you, I think, empathy. Mm -hmm. Because if I just look from my perspective with how I'm being conditioned as a white person in a capitalistic world, um, maybe a gender weirdo, so I'm different, I'm sort of like, you know, but I'm conditioned in this system to look a certain way to talk certain language, to support certain industries by what I buy. So if you look at it any other way, you walk around, it's like, that's completely crazy. And that goes back to our healthcare system. The language that we are conditioned with is language that feeds the system that results in the current situation with a few white guys having more wealth than half the world population. Mm-hmm. That's what we're feeding with everything that we buy. So if you walk around that, it's like, you know, in a white supremacist, capitalistic, racist, whatever system, who am I? And if I buy all the stuff that is made for free in prison, for example, <laughs> by black people, 
incarcerated, then I support that system. So maybe I should think about what I buy, what I don't buy. My buying power with everything that I do supports the systems as they are. I order stuff from Amazon. I support Amazon. Think about that. I eat meat. I don't, but I eat meat. I feed the food industry. I eat processed food. I feed the food industry that then feeds the pharma because the food, processed food stuff makes us really sick. And that then goes into the pharma industry that just makes money because it wants to fix a problem. Right. That's reverse design, looking at refusing to look at the problems that we're conditioned to look at because they're not the problems. They're symptoms of a system that is not designed for our well-being. It's designed to make money for a few corporations. I love that you came up with that name, reverse design. I feel like that's a perfect description of what it is. And as you're giving examples now, there's so many other things that this can be applied to instead of, you know, in this case, just the A-linker, like there's reverse design for, for everything. So it's a cool way to start looking at things and even just asking yourself, what's another way I could see this. So the last thing I want to touch on for, for this episode, and I absolutely want to have you back because I have a million other questions, but my last question for this episode is, can you explain in your words, what the neurofeedback loop is? This is something that I've heard you talk about before and how the A-linker is something that can help with that. And for people with MS, as well as other neurological conditions with mobility limitations, the neurofeedback loop is extremely important. So what are your thoughts on that? As a completely non-medical person, obviously, because I've got no idea about this stuff from a medical standpoint, but I, um, I learned a lot by observing people using the Alinker. And clearly I did not design the Alinker to... To, to, to work on the, neural, <laughs> on the neuroplasticity of our brain, I had no idea by that time. But by what I noticed over time, I started studying what was actually going on. And so the summary of that, of how I, how I talk about that, is um, when we walk, we, our brain sends intentions to your legs. They get picked up by nerves, they get translated to the muscles, and we move. Um, But this is always how walking is. We make our legs walk. But what's always missing in that whole story, which is um, later. um, Sorry, I always do 20 things in my head. And I'm like, which one do I bring up to make that story as clear (laughs) as possible? So, okay, so the brain sends signals to, um, to your legs. Translation, you walk. The fact is that if you walk, the, the 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 neural pathway through which um, the the message went to your legs is also shot back because your legs move. It gives signals to your brain how it moves, whereby the brain then can say, "Oh, I need to correct it because there's balance issues." I mean, how do you think we balance ourselves? That is only because the brain gets feedback from the legs about the the the, the unevenness of the pavement, for example, or that's all. The feedback loop, the information that goes to the brain that informs the brain what it needs to shoot back again in order not to fall on your face. So when the the neural pathways, the, the highways of information, I always call them, and they go through your spine, obviously, when they're interrupted in your brain by lesions through MS, 
lesions are sort of blockages where the myelin doesn't, you know, sit around the um, neurotransmitters anymore. So the message doesn't get through. Um, if, if that blockage is there and you focus on the blockage, again, we focus on the problem, then clearly you don't get past it. If you activate the brain, I mean, the brain, one thing that is super important to know about the brain, it loves to work. You only need to activate it. And once, once the brain is activated, it will do anything to go around lesions, to go around like, oh, there's an obstruction. Ooh, let's see if there's another way that we can, you know, communicate with the legs. It will constantly fire intentions down to see which one works. The moment the brain finds something, ooh, that, I got feedback on that one. That's cool. And then by a lot of repetition and exercises, you can strengthen that highway and make something work again. This in our sick care system doesn't get enough um, attention because it doesn't make that much money. (laughs) It's very simple, I think. All the money goes into research for medication that is a fix, a cure for the disease. MS is not a problem. It is a, I mean, it's problematic for people that live with it, obviously, but MS itself is not the problem. It's a disease that is a multitude of symptoms of how we live, Mm -hmm. how our neurological system is under pressure by chemicals, by food, by all that kind of stuff. And it's not the only disease that is a new disease that is not one to fix. Polio, for example, was a disease that with treatment, you can fix that. The new diseases, I call them the, the sort of the, you know, the new age diseases because they're created by the way we live. And so they're not a problem to fix. They are going, they require us to question what our lifestyle is and the, the, the pressures that we put our neurological system under. Mm-hmm. And then use the brain to mitigate the symptoms of the disease. You don't get rid of MS by activating the brain, but you can mitigate um, the, the symptoms because your brain can find ways around to communicate right. again with your body. And on the linker specifically, that's, that's how I got to learn all this by observing very well what's happening. Because you sit on your sit bones, your pelvis tilted back a little bit. You exert pressure on your sit bones on the seat as you walk. And even if you cannot walk and somebody pushes you and makes your leg move, there's feedback to your brain. And because you exert pressure on your sit bones, and your pelvis is tilted back a little bit, your spine becomes a highway of information to receive from the movement that you're doing without pressure on your legs. People with MS often say, and that is something that just becomes that one thing that I started recognizing, they say, I'm tired physically after I use the linker, but I feel energized. That's mm-hmm. the essence. Yeah, and I've and seen I- people you know, do things after a year, they think like, whoa, that... Like that, nobody ever thought that was possible. Right. I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your, the the way that you interpret neurofeedback loop and neuroplasticity, because it's something that is so important and I educate on all the time, but it can be really helpful for people to hear someone else describe it. 
And someone might resonate more with how you explained it versus how I explained it. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. There's right. one thing that was that little twerk that, um, that went to my brain. When I was in Japan, I met Dr. Sankai, who is a bit of a cartoon figure, actually. He's a <laughs> Um, one of those very smart professors who becomes a caricature of himself, nearly super cool guy. He um, has designed the exoskeleton and the exoskeleton is for people that are completely paralyzed and they can walk. And why is it so important to put yourself in a hundred thousand dollar suit? Cause it looks a little bit like, why would you do that? It's so cumbersome and la 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 la. And it is because if you do that, your body receives, your, your brain receives the feedback because a body that cannot walk by the power of the brain to the, to the legs can receive feedback from the legs moving. Mm-hmm. So the brain gets information. And with the exoskeleton over time, sometimes the brain can, I mean, you can improve walking. With the Alinker, we've got people that are um, uh, paraplegic or uh, or uh, quadriplegic or tetraplegic, whatever the situation, who regain part of their walking because they practice on the linker. And these are all people that are told by the sick care system, they'll never walk again. Here's the wheelchair. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's an important concept because it is that loop. You know, the first part of it is your brain has to activate to get your muscles to work and it tells you, okay, lift your leg. And ideally a neural pathway goes from your brain to the leg, but then to close that loop, to get it back to the brain, you need that feedback of your leg actually lifting or not lifting. And what is it feeling? And the only way to get that loop is to have some type of movement or uh, even sensation on that other end. So yeah, the A-linker being able to complete that loop that that feedback circus. So I think that's fantastic. And what's really important for that is repetition, 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 because if the brain continues to get those messages, it will find ways around it. And so people sometimes with the lingers are like, oh, you know, I, I tried it a few days and it's not for me because it doesn't work. It's like, it doesn't work if you look for comfort. Learning is moving through discomfort and allowing your brain to learn, allowing your body to learn allowing your muscles to grow. That takes discomfort, especially after you, lo- you lost um, some mobility or a lot of mobility. It takes effort, determination, and discomfort. Moving through discomfort, like athletes, moving through discomfort makes you, allows you to grow. And that is a concept that also in our society, like, oh, that's uncomfortable. I'm not going to do that. It's like, no, we have to move through discomfort. Right. I constantly want to be on the edge of comfort, discomfort, because that's where we grow. That's where we learn. Mm -hmm. Mm. Awesome. Well, this has been so insightful. Thank you so much. If people want to hear you talk more, find, find you online, where can they find you or reach you? Um, There's, there's different ways. The easiest way is through our website, alinker.com, A-L-I-N-K-E-R.com. And that will redirect you to the Alinker us or the linger canada or stuff and um i've got an, uh, a personal instagram um, page where i post a little bit different things than on the linker um i write newsletters each week you can sign up on the website as well on linker.com 
Um, each week I send out a newsletter that is not a typical newsletter. It's packed with stuff and sometimes stories that are, you know, affecting us in the world rather than just talking about the linker because I actually don't, you know, it, it's not about the bike. It's what it allows me to talk about systemically. Awesome. I love that. And all of those links will be posted in the show notes as well. So thank you again, V, for being here with us. And we'll definitely be having you back to talk more. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Gretchen, for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am beyond grateful to have you as a listener. So as a thank you, I have something special just for you. I created a bundle of resources exclusive for the listeners of the Missing Link podcast who are looking for more guidance and tips to champion your life with MS. To get these resources, head over to msinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend. Or if you're on social media, take a screenshot right now and post it to your page or your stories and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to other MS warriors. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link podcast.